everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Can you hear me well? Amen. Amen. It is so good to be here. It's such a, a good joy to be speaking today this message. And uh, maybe by coincidence or maybe not by coincidence, it's this Sunday three years ago that me and my wife started attending here and become members here. So I think that's pretty awesome. In case I need that, I'm going to place that right there. And, uh, you know, when we first came in, we came early, wasn't sure what to expect. And I think we took someone's seat. I'm not sure. So if we did, sorry. And so a gentleman came up to us and, and greeted us and was saying hello. And we're just striking conversation. And based on what I'm hearing, I'm, I'm thinking, I think to ask, are you a leader in the church? Are you, are you, what role do you play here? He goes, well, I'm the pastor. I was like, oh, on the outside, I'm like, oh, so nice to meet you. On the inside, I thought, oh, great, you just offended. You didn't recognize he was the pastor. Oh, what are you thinking? Off to a great start. But no, it was all good. Um, it's, again, it's really a joy to be here, and I can't wait to see and hear uh, the stories of uh, what happened in Peru. Um, it is so awesome that um, our church has a heart for not only in here, but out there and around the world, right? We've taken on God's heart. And I want to open up today a little bit different. I'm starting off a little bit different than what I, what I had planned. So if it doesn't look like it says a continuity, bear with me, okay? Because you ever notice that once you get closer to where things are happening, there's a sense to be more of a sensitivity. That's what's happening. So what I want us to do is let's go ahead and, and open up or look on the screen. Um, two, two passages will open up and then we'll get right to it. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things were created by him and for him. Amen? Looking at Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that's the subject that I want us to look at today, is about purpose, about living with purpose. Before we do, I just feel a moment to just pray. Can we do that? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. God, at this very moment, so much of prayer has already been taking place. So much worship has already taken place. But Lord, we are just getting where the rubber meets the road, where you have an opportunity to not only words that come through my mouth, let them be, Father, from your throne. Let every ear be open to hear, every heart open to receive, and every mind to just be engaged. God, let us have a fire of passion inside of us to just know you, to receive from you, to just uh, have a passion for you in the things that you've called us to do. Lord, I know that in this room everybody represents a, a hurt, a challenge, a difficulty that you have specifically in mind to do something with today. And we just praise you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So here is where we're, we're kind of going a detour a little bit. So I, 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 want, I feel like God was trying to tell me this morning that, that God is a redeemer. Not only is he a redeemer of our souls, of our lives, but he's a, he's a redeemer of things that are lost, right? Even things that have lost times or even things of lost purpose. Have, have, you, have you ever been in a situation where you just lost something? You know, it could have been a job. It could have been a, a job opportunity, it, 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 a promotion, it could, it could possibly be that even that you're at a place of retirement and it's somehow, some way, you put a lot of purpose in the thing that you do. 
And then when it's not there, you, th- you think to yourself, well, where is my meaning? What, what do I do now? What's next? Have you ever been there? What's next? So I know that in this, in this uh, Romans 28, it said that according to his purpose, that, that God will work things for the good. And I thought about this morning about Moses. Moses, not, not a very good thing happened in his life, right? It, it, if we go from the, from the beginning, we know that, that the Israelites, that the Hebrews went to Egypt. And all was good because God was saving them from a famine. So here is Moses. He's born and his situation at the, that this new pharaoh or this new king um, was threatened by the mass amount of people of the Hebrews. So he put in rules and laws that really put them into save, slavery, in other words. And here's Moses. His mother was believing that if she can somehow bring him to the Pharaoh's daughter, the princess, that she would be, he would be spared, he would be taken care of. But this is all by God's design. We, we might see that in the story, but God had a hand on Moses. So as, just as she thought, that was the case. The, the Pharaoh's daughter brought him in, and he grew, not as, a, as, a, as a, an Egyptian. I mean, he was around the Egyptians, but he was still a Hebrew. So fast forward the story a little bit. We get to the point where now he's grown up, and he's, his heart was towards his people. And he gets a sense that there's something that he ought to be doing for his people and seeing the oppression and the, the difficulties and the heart aches and the, and the killing that's going on for his people. So he, he ends up seeing a situation where an Egyptian is mistreating one of the Hebrew people. What does he do? You know the story. He ends up murdering that Egyptian. And then have you ever been in a situation where you thought, well, I got to cover this up. You know, because nobody looked around. The passage, you find this in Exodus chapter 2. Looks around and thinks that, hey, nobody saw this. But we know God sees this, right? So he tries to cover up the body and tries to go on with his way. So I can just imagine how Moses was feeling. I mean, the scripture doesn't really tell us. But just think if you were in that situation, how you nerded somebody, what's going through your mind? Well, eventually, he sees another situation where he sees two Hebrews at each other, and then the one who was really the one, the aggressor in this, hey, why are you mistreating your brother? And he says, well, what are you going to do? You rule over us too? What are you going to do? You're going to murder us as well? And at that moment, he knew he got called out. And, you know, I could just imagine for Moses, the guilt and the shame, and then when word got out, he, they were after him. Pharaoh wanted to kill him. So he fled. He left. He went to Midian. So in Midian, you know, he may not have been fulfilling his purpose, all right, but there was a season and a time that was like a detour. You know, how I many you know that God is, God is a redeemer of things? You know, you may go on a detour. You may go on a roundabout. You might have to take the local routes and, and, and not so much the fast track, the highway to get where you thought you were going. So here now is God. God goes to Moses in this burning bush and begins to talk to him. You know, he begins to say, I'm calling you to go back to Egypt and free my people. So what does Moses do? He might, maybe if we were in the same situation, we might think the same thing. So when he tells us to go, Moses says the first excuse he gives is what? He says, who am I? Who am I to go do something like that? So here, notice the flip and the switch. Here Moses was like the man on campus. 
He was in with the royalty. He was even a part of governing that, the kingdom as being part of Pharaoh, um, Pharaoh and ruling the kingdom. So he went to the point where saying, well, who am I? As if he's lost somehow his meaning, his purpose, his way of, 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 of life. And here God says, well, I'm going to be with you. That should be good enough. I'm going to be with you. Well, Moses is still like, well, if they ask who sent me, well, who should I say? He says, I, I am that I am is going to bring you. So here now he's trying to, God's trying to tell him, hey, your purpose, you went around a detour. It's time to come back to really fulfill the thing that I've asked you to do. He's still coming with excuses and saying, well, what if Pharaoh doesn't, doesn't believe me? Well, he says, well, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to show uh, signs and miracles. I'm going to show my power. And so he gives up all these excuses, and it makes me think that here's Moses. Right from the first thing he says is, who am I to do this? In the situation that you may be thinking of, you lost that purpose. Could you say to yourself, well, I can't go back to that because I disqualified myself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking from experience, so I'm just not saying this. I disqualified myself. How can God really use me? You know, I, I lost that thing. I lost that position. I lost that place. And how can I really be used? Because look at me, and what are people going to think? And, you know, what, what's going to happen? Who am I? But God is saying, no, I'm still with you. God still has a purpose. He still has a plan. Because it is your life that is a life of purpose. And so some, here's, here's Moses thinking during the, the time that he was in Midian, just thinking about what he did and, you know, had an M on his shirt, like he's labeled. You know, where it was man on campus, it's now murderer. You know, what kind of label do you have? What is that label that you're thinking of that's on your shirt? It may not be M for murderer. You know, it could be, it could be F for fornicating. It can be L for you feel like you're a loser now. You know, it can be whatever that letter is. Whatever is that thing that you think is keeping you or is labeling you. That's not your label. That's not who you are. That's not your identity. God went to Moses to bring him back to fulfill the plan that he put in his life. And I don't know who I'm speaking here to today. It may not, it may not be all of us, but there's certainly someone here that you've got a sense that you lost the direction, you lost the plan, you feel like you lost the purpose, you don't feel like you have the value. God is here to speak to us today about that. Amen? He is a redeemer of the time. Listen, it may not be redeeming that time in terms of the time frame, but redeeming the thing that was going to be done in that time. Amen? I, I, the, the, the life purpose, our life's purpose is not so much about what we can get, but it has to do with what's in us that we can give. That is what's really at the heart of this. Because God put special things on the inside of us. If you look to the left and you look to the right and you look at yourself, each of us have really special things that God put inside of us. And we let it sit dormant. Maybe there's an excuse. Maybe there's a reason. But God put it in there for a special reason, for his plan and his purpose. If we look at really at what it means about purpose, purpose is the reason which something is done. Purpose is something that is created or it's something that exists. 
So really, we exist for a purpose. We exist for a plan. We were created by God for some things that are special. Our life is special because God created it. And he has something that he wants us to do. Now, you know, when you think of the word purpose or even the topic of purpose, it can be a, a variety of different ways of looking at it and different opinions, right? But I just want us to look at two. I want to kind of surf through that and really get to the heart of, of, of where we're going. Um, the first is um, individual purpose, and the second is collective purpose. We won't really see it in that order. But I want to show today that we have purpose as a group, a group of believers, as the church. God, we're here for a reason and a purpose. And although sometimes we have that thought that, God, you know, I, I, uh, what is my meaning in life? What's my purpose? I kind of want us to flip our thinking to, to, to think it's not so much about one thing, but it is multiple things because we can really carry out the, the purpose and the plan of God each and every day in different situations. And it's not necessarily about ability. It's about availability. Did you catch that? It's not, it's not always about ability. It's about availability because once you make yourself available for God, and I'm not just talking about big things. I'm talking about even going to your next-door neighbor, sharing, sharing your testimony with them. It's about even a coworker that you just need to take a moment and encourage. How are you doing? You doing okay? You're good? Those things. Because it's even in those little things that we fulfill our purpose. Are you with that? We carry, our, we carry it out each and every day, in every circumstance, in every situation. So the first is the collective purpose. So, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to work together because, you know, our culture is so individualistic that it's so hard to sometimes work as a team, like teamwork. And you know that any good business, any, any good business or business person knows that there, uh, that ought to be a mission statement or purpose statement. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen something like that? Right? Maybe you own a business and you have that or you work for a company that you know what the mission statement is. That, that's an important thing as a part of a job because in a lot of ways it describes the organization and the purpose. Why we exist, what are we doing, that's important. In a lot of ways, the, 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 that purpose statement is in front and so everybody can just be in line as a team. I came across a few different examples of some major businesses that have mission statements. So let me read them, think about them, and, and kind of grade if they're do, actually doing what their mission statement is, Right? Here's the first one. Have you ever heard of Facebook? It's this. To give people the power to share and make the world more open and connected. You think they're doing that? Yeah, I think sometimes they give us an opportunity to share too much. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nobody here does that, I'm sure. Have you ever heard about this small store? You know, it's really small, but they do a lot. It's in Seattle. It's called Amazon. It says this, to be the earth's most customer-centric company where customers can find and discover anything they may want to buy online and endeavors to offer its customers the lowest possible prices. How are they doing? Doing pretty good? You have your Prime account? Yeah, you know. PayPal. So they may be your pal, but you still have to pay. Have you noticed? To... Build a web's most convenient, secure, customer-effective payment solution. That sounds about right. It sounds like they're doing their job, their mission, right? 
Here's Southwest. Dedicated to the highest quality of customer service delivered with a sense of warmth, friendliness, individual pride, and company spirit. Sounds about right. And then there's Google. Have you ever tried to search Bing on Google? Yeah. All right, you'll try it later today. (laughs) Somebody say, what's Bing? To organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. You know, it's, they're so popular and so big that it's, it's like, remember you say search the web? Well, now it's just Google it. Google it. All right, Subway. De- delight every customer so they want to tell their friends with great value through fresh, delicious, made-to-order sandwiches and an exceptional experience. Maybe. And then there's Buffalo Wild Wings. Actually, have you ever noticed that when the, when the preachers start talking about food, you get hungry? I don't know how that works, but Buffalo Wild Wings, get this one. It says, our mission is to wow people every day. Wow, that was a short mission statement. They already wowed me, and I'm not even there. Ford, here's Ford. We are a global family with a proud heritage, passionately committed to providing personal mobility for people around the world. Two more, and we're done. Nike, and now Nike surprised me, okay? I'm going to be honest. Because I thought, okay, they're going to connect with me. And I'll tell you why they didn't. To bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. As you can see, I am not an athlete. So they really did not connect with me. So I've got issues with Nike now. And then here's the last one. I thought this was really good. Habit, Habitat for Humanity. Seeking to put God's love into action. Habitat for Humanity brings people together to build homes communities and hope isn't that good it looks like they really do that so how about us as the church you know the 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 bible says that where there's no vision the people perish another translation says that they run wild in other words we're not organized you know that we 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 have a mission statement god the whole bible i'm pointing it there has everything that we need to know to fulfill his plan and his purpose you know I want us to just kind of look at a few verses here. Um, We, as the body of Christ, and we're talking capital C, like the whole church, just around the world, can really, really benefit from just looking at at what is it that we're supposed to do collectively as a a collective purpose. Um, The first one is this. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It should be on the screen too. Now you collectively... As Christ's body and individually, you are members of it. Each part severely and distinct, each with its own place and function. Okay, so just get that. Look at that for a moment. So when you look at it, I want you to kind of think, what would our mission statement look like? The next is Ephesians 1, 11 through 12. In him also we have received an inheritance, a destiny. We were claimed by God as his own having been predestined, chosen, appointed beforehand, according to the purpose of him who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ, who, put their, uh, who first put their confidence in him as Lord and Savior, would exist to the praise of his glory. Watch that. Listen to that. First Peter 2, verse 9. But you are not like that, for you have been chosen by God himself. You are priests of the king 
You are holy and pure. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show others how God called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. So, you know, I think sometimes we, we need to do that a little bit more. You know, we don't have to give every gory details, but I think God does want us to really share with those that are around us that we have a testimony. We have a story that we were in the darkness. We were at a place, but God saw us out to a better place. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe me, obey my words, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Okay, that had to be there because Matthew 20 and 19, you know, that's the real deal. So from these verses, what would our purpose statement look like? How can we put that together? Well, I, I, I put one together for you in case you see if it matches yours. To seek and honor God with a relationship with him. To make Jesus known to those around you so that God receives glory. You know, put it again. To seek and honor God with a relationship with him. To make Jesus known to those around you so that God receives the glory. So in everything we do and we live out our lives and our life is the purpose, right, is that he receives glory. You know, there's things in church that should be happening to really make move of God to really fulfill what he wants. One is worship, fellowship, discipleship, and ministry, and evangelism. Not necessarily that order, but worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelism. So you see, God gives the plan, and, and, and he gives the purpose, um, but what we have is the potential and the passion. We have the potential and we have the passion. So on one hand, God shares with us what the plan is and what our purpose is and what we do. But then we are the ones that are responsible to have the potential to go and do it, to be obedient to the things that he wants us to do. And we have the passion. But those are, those are like two things that we need to really apply, that we need to engage, but we don't, we don't always do that. So... Switching gears here, let's go to the number two, individual purpose. And we'll, we'll, we're going to camp here for a minute. I want to I really let somebody know today, your, your, your life, it does have purpose. No matter how much the thoughts that circle around your mind that says it doesn't. You know, I once saw that says that in, in a matter of a minute or less, tw- 1,200 words or phrases can circle through your mind. That's really fast. I mean, there is no computer that is like our mind. It is, it is a powerful thing. And so when you have words that circle around your mind, you know, what kind of words are they? Because if they're words that just put you down, you're down. If they're words that pick you up, you're picked up. So, so we have to capture the thoughts that circle in our minds. We have to arrest them, <laughs> right? And, and reprocess what's, hap- what's happening in the mind. Because if we just pause and we stop, and we step back from the situation, the circumstances we're in, we really have a life to live. We really have a purpose to carry out. Because God, when he calls you, he also equips you. When God wants you to do something, and again, it's not about ability, it's about availability. It is your willingness 
to be available to do that thing. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's pretty scary. You know, God, you feel God telling you to do something, right? You know, I wasn't planning on saying this, but the past couple weeks I've done some home improvements, all right? If you have a home, you do home improvements. You ever just, like, go on YouTube to figure out how to do stuff? And it kind of, like, helps you, like, okay, yeah, I can do that. But then you find out when you get into it, oh, wow, that's so totally different. They made it look easy. So, you know, I started to think, okay, I'm going to do this. All I, all I needed to do, like for some of you that, that you're experienced in carpentry and all that stuff, this might be real simple for you. But here my son sunroom that's attached to my house, it's, we found out we've only been there just a year. So last winter we realized it is not insulated. So this year we wanted to do something before the winter came. So I realized, okay, so underneath this, in the crawl space, we're going to have to insulate it. And, you know, I was a little nervous. Here's why. Because in one section about that big, you can see, like, something cr- dug the hole and went underneath it. So, and, and not only that, I saw bones. Okay? <laughs> I saw bones. So I'm not sure what was under there. And then as I'm starting this project, I saw all the YouTube videos that I can imagine to do this. So I know that I've got to take the siding off. <laughs> Never done that before. And then all of a sudden, I see that the original um, siding, the wood siding of the house is there. And I thought, oh, great. I can't get in there. So I cut a hole. I'm thinking, I'm cutting a hole in the side of my house. This is not good. <laughs> I make the hole, and I take the flesh, and I look in. And what do I find? I find walls of spiders, okay? I'm thinking, I am not going in there. You know, like one spider, psh, whatever. You're done. Spiders is a whole nother story, okay? So I went and I got a whole painter suit. Oh, yeah, the one with the hoodie. And I got goggles. I got a mask. You know, my friends that were helping me, I didn't let them know that I even got the little booties. And then when it was time to do it, I was like, okay, no, forget the booties. That's like overkill. So I thought, I am not touching the ground. I am not touching the spider webs. So I got the shop vac and I sucked up all of the, the, the cobwebs, all of them. Okay, and then when it looks like it's good, I see rocks and dirt, and like the guys that built it, they didn't care. They just put rocks everywhere. Didn't they know I have to crawl in here and insulate it? So I put the tarp down. I thought, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So I get in there, and I'm looking at the rocks, and this one kind of caught my attention, and I thought, oh, wow, that's a pretty cool-looking rock. But it's on the other side, and I thought, okay, when we, when we make a hole on the other side, I'll go take a look at it. So we're done on one side. And then now it's time to go the other side. So, you know, now I have experience, and we made the hole, and that one's perfect. You don't want to see the one in the backyard, trust me. Even though the vinyl is covered up, I know it wasn't good. So the front, the front, now that I have experience, I opened it up. So sometimes, like, when you have experiences that can lead up to the things that God wants you to do, you get better at it. It's all about just availability. So now I open up the hole. I do the same thing. I'm like, no spider's going to get me. So I vacuum that all up. I put the tarp down. I'm in. I put the insulation up. And then, oh, yeah, I forgot about that rock. So I thought, wow, that's a cool-looking rock. So I crawl, crawl, crawl to that rock. And what do I find? A skull. I was like, oh, great. I was like, I want to get out of here. All I can think in, there's snakes here, there's spiders, whatever killed that thing, you know. So, and then, re- then I realized, okay, there was like no flesh on it. So it must have been there like way before we moved in. So needless to say, the underneath is all insulated. So it's good. But then I realized, you know what? The top is not insulated. So here we go again. I cut a hole in my ceiling. I'm cutting a hole in my ceiling, all right? I go up there, and when I look... And there's like pine cones and, and 
all kind of tree foliage in it. And I'm like, how did this get here? So this three-hour project that I thought would take three hours, it took like seven, you know, because I'm finding unexpected things. And sometimes when we go to do the things of God, sometimes there's unexpected things. So then you just kind of go with the flow, right? So as I go in there, I decide, okay, I'm going to clean out. I'm going to scope it out. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get the insulation in here. And so I, I could tell one of you are in here thinking, oh, what a rookie. You know, oh, you're doing that all wrong, Joe. I could have showed you how to do that. But here in the corner is this giant nest like this, okay? I'm like, why is that there and what, what is that? So as I'm, as, and it was in the far corner, so I cut a hole. I thought I'll call a hole in the corner here, and the, it was at the corner. So as I'm, like, sweeping this all up, my shop vac wouldn't fit up there. I tried. So as I'm sweeping this all up, I keep looking at that nest because if something comes out, it's on. But here's the problem. If I had to move away from the board that was holding my weight, I would have fell through, and then that would have made the whole project even bigger. So as I'm cleaning up, I got my eye on this nest before I can get to it. And then finally when I get to it, now I've got my broomstick. I've got two broomsticks. I've got, I'll use whatever I have to use to kill this thing if it comes after me. And so I start poking it, and nothing comes out. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, I think I'm good. But still, I'm not a little leery, so I, I brush it out. So I wasn't planning on telling that story, but I felt I need to. So, you know, sometimes it came out pretty good, so... Sometimes we go to things that we don't expect or we don't know. And we're not going to know what's going to happen until we just make ourselves available to God. Because sometimes the rewards after that are just so amazing. Because then you can kind of walk away saying, wow, I did did what God wanted me to do. You know, I know the, the home improvement thing wasn't necessarily something that God's called me to do, but... It, it kind of illustrates that. I was thinking that, wow, you know, sometimes we go to things that we don't expect or not planning. There's a uncertainty. There's un, an unknowing of what you're going to find. And then sometimes you do things without really having the abilities. But it's the availability. And I think that's what really God wants, you know. And there's two passages in Jeremiah. One chapter 5. And we can put that up on the screen. Jeremiah 1, 5. Yeah. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Do you know he's talking to Jeremiah about this? But, you know, this is the same God that's speaking to Jeremiah, that he speaks to us, that he, he, he sets us apart to do something that he's created us to do. And he knew us way before we even knew him. And then the next is this, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And you know, have you ever been tempted to just want to know everything that God has planned for your life? We just, we can't do it. And I, I know the one thing that he's faithful of doing is that when we ask him, he'll tell us and he'll give us sections of it. So according to where the section is, so that we are led to, to what he wants us to fulfill. You know, and again, I want to just real focus that, that God has the, the plan and the purpose, but we have the potential and the passion. Do we have the passion to do that, what God wants us to do? Now, can you put up that next slide, the one with the hammer? Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> can you un- undo it and put the other one I had on? Oh, well, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a hammer, a, a, a claw hammer, right? So, you know, I happen to have one that says Stanley on it. So Mr. Stanley, okay, he might have made that hammer, 
right? He, 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 he might have made and designed it, or the hammer designer and maker. You know, he had an intention for that design. He had an intention to, to, to drive a nail into wood or whatever it is that you're building. You know what's pretty um, different and, and, and unique? You know, God creates us, okay? And, and he makes us, and he has a design and a purpose for us. So the hammer maker, okay, he designed it for the plan, for the purpose, and if it wasn't for just one time, you don't use it and then you forget it. It's something that was meant to last for as long as you ever needed it. And you know, for our life, we're created, we're designed to fulfill a purpose from the day we take our first breath to the moment of our last breath. Are you with that? So that's how God designed us. Now, you know, the hammer maker, he might make the hammer, right? And then that's it. And then it's up to the person who's using the hammer to use it. The potential. And you know, you're supposed to do is take the head of the hammer and hit the nail of the, uh, hit the head of the nail. Have you ever hit the nail and it bent? Hey, you know what? Mistakes happen. So what do you do? You take the claw and you pull it out. You can call a do-over. Get another nail and whack it and keep going. But have you ever hit your thumb? Yeah? It tickled, right? Okay. <laughs> Did it almost make you want to swear? <laughs> you know, you didn't hit your spiritual thumb you hit your, your flesh thumb right and here the difference some the hammer maker may have designed the hammer but he doesn't go with that hammer god designed you but he goes with you and he goes with you to fulfill your purpose to fulfill that plan and our part is that potential that availability and that passion so I'm here to really tell somebody today that we need to stir up our passion for God. You know, it's, it's laying dormant, you know. I think that God's created us. I think one thing that we understand, I feel like sometimes people go on through life. I, I, there's a season when I, where I worked with teenagers a lot, and, and, and sometimes this hit a little bit more to them than maybe when you get older. You end up finding out that you weren't really planned. Your birth wasn't really planned. And sometimes you feel like maybe you were a, a, a mistake. Um, you were unplanned, that, that somehow you, you, know, you weren't, shouldn't have been born. Um, but, you know, to the parents, earthly parents, maybe that was the case. You know, there is no accidental children. They may be accidental parents, but not accidental children because God already knew before you were even in the womb that you're going to be born and that, you have, that he has a plan. You were born on purpose with a purpose. Are you with that? And I don't know if anybody in here feels that way, that maybe there was a circumstance, situation on how that you were born that still kind of goes with you even now like a cloud over you. But you know what? Let, let the light of God pierce that dark cloud away from you and realize that you were born on purpose with a purpose for his glory. God's got you. It's about availability. Not, uh, it's not about ability. It's about availability. Sometimes it, it, it can even start by just asking a question. Asking God a question. Like, how can I do my best? You know, when I said earlier that we can fulfill different roles or different purposes, we do. Because if you're a son you have a purpose. If you're a daughter, you have a purpose. If you're a father, you have a purpose. If you're a mother, you have a purpose. If you're a, 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 you have a job, you're an employee, you have a purpose. 
If you're a, a boss, you have a purpose. If you're a business owner, you have a purpose. If we're a child of God, we have a purpose. If, if we're to go and make disciples, we have a purpose. All that to say that our, our life is the purpose because we carry out these things ongoing through the day. There's a continuity, and it's not just about one thing. It's not about putting everything that you feel that's the meaning of your life is in your job. It isn't. It isn't. It's about capturing the moment. I came across this. It says this. Things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. Things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. You know, I, um, I was going to do a, a, a visitation to help pray for someone that was in the hospital. Her name is Rudy. And I, would, I don't know her age. I don't ask. <laughs> I would say she was in her 70s. And she felt ill and sick. I'm going to give you the short version of this. And she, there she is in the hospital. And when I walk in, she says, oh, Joe. She goes, pray that God takes me. Pray that God takes me. And I was, I'm on the outside. I'm composed. I'm like, on the inside, I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I was like, no one's ever asked me to pray that God takes them. What do I do? I was like, surely I can't pray. God, please take her now. What kind of prayer is that? And I thought, God, you know, on the outside, I'm just listening. We're talking. You know, everything's cool on the outside. You ever know that you have to just kind of, you know, keep your composure. You look good on the outside. Hmm, yeah, yeah, it's good. But on the inside, you're like freaking out like no way. So being new to a lot of this stuff, I was thinking, God, you have to help me. You put me here. You called me to do this. So now you've got to help me say something. Not just me say it, but you. And so God just began to tell me. He goes, well, just tell her that if you're still living, you still have purpose. And I said that. I said, Rudy, I was like, if you're still living, you still have purpose. And she received that. She nodded. She's like, yeah. yeah. She goes, well, I'm, 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 I'm ready. And, I, and then I said to her again, if you're still living, you're still breathing, you still have purpose. So we carried on, and on you know, that evening and that time and began to just kind of talk and have conversation and just try to encourage. And I found out, um, I went to visit her another two or three days later. And, you know, she definitely looked like she was not going to be with us long. And she began to tell her that, this situation, as unfortunate as it is, it drew her two daughters together that had not been speaking in 15 years, no contact whatsoever. And that as a result of that, they came together, they reconciled their relationship, they loved on each other, they kissed each other, they forgave each other, and they were able to spend the last moments of their mother's time together. And Rudy saw that as she's still living and she's still breathing, she still had purpose. So I want to encourage you today. You know, that's one person's story, but what is your story? You know, where are you that you feel like you've kind of got off the track of why you're here, why you're living, that you feel as your life doesn't really have meaning? It really does because your life is the purpose. And that's what's the most important thing today. If the band could come up, Let's enter into a moment of prayer.
You know, I wanted to say earlier in terms of a career, because sometimes we put so much, invest so much into a career and kind of neglect other things in our life. Making a living is not as important as making a life. Living life with purpose. Living your life, living to fulfill the role and the purposes of the things, the other things that are around you. Your marriage, your family, your relationship with God. There's a purpose to that. Amen. If we can for just a moment, let's just stand. Let God just really enter where your heart is right now. And you know, God really is a, he really is a gentleman. You know, he, he, he doesn't force himself on you. There's rare occasions for something like that. But God just knocks on the door of your heart. And it's us that opens it and allows him in. So for whatever reason why you're here and what's going through your heart and through your mind, just take a moment to just, oh, receive the ministry of God. You know, let's just listen to the words, listen to his voice, engage in the singing, but getting to that place where you're healed today, where you're healed, where you know that you've been in the presence of God and that God will just rekindle the purpose that you have. Let's do that this morning.